Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash Entitled People where Karens absolutely love to believe that they can have whatever they want, whenever they want, and that nobody else matters. And in today's episode, Opie tells a tale about their thieving father, guys, and it's absolutely insane. I hope you enjoy today's stories. Try not to shake your heads too hard. And as always, you can send or link your stories to this email right here. Okay, so I have an entitled witch for a neighbor who we'll just call Karen. I'm convinced that the woman is insane. She's like 60 years old and she lives alone. And the thing she says to me and my parents is borderline crazy. There have been numerous times where she'll try to steal our electricity when we're not home or walk into our gated backyard to use our 100-foot garden hose to water her plants. And don't even get me started how she shovels snow in the winter. Anyways, I'm turning 17 years old soon, and I got my driver's license a few weeks ago. I didn't pass the first time, but I did pass the second time. I've been saving money for a good while now, and I got a decent Jeep when I had the chance. It's a 2001 Wrangler. It was a few thousand dollars, and my mom helped completely pay for it. It was like $5,000. So this all occurred the first day I got my car. I was driving home from school when I saw my neighbor in her driveway. A little bit about her is that she has an older car than mine, but it was still a nice car nonetheless. I pulled in, turned off the car, locked it, and went inside. I was in my room studying when suddenly I hear the doorbell. I go to answer it, and there stands Karen. The woman takes a deep breath, and then she asked, Uh, where'd you get that car? I say to her, Oh, uh, I just got it. I bought it from... Now, she doesn't even let me finish. She interrupts and says, I don't have time to talk. How much to swap cars? I tell her it's not for sale. The local dealership does have a similar one for $6,000, though. She then says to me, Look at me. You have to switch cars with me. I'm driving a car from the 1900s. It's not even a 2000s car. And I deserve to have a better car than a 16-year-old. So swap with me. At that point, I just slammed the door on her. She walks away, and through my window, I can see her trying all my door handles, trying to get inside my car. I call my mom and tell her that she's trying to break into my car. My mom comes home later that night and knocked on her door and told her to leave me alone. Needless to say, I park in the garage now. So yeah, that's my entitled neighbor. Yeah, so definitely sounds like a nightmare neighbor with a few screws loose guys. Not to mention super cheap as well. Like, like I couldn't begin to tell you how mad I'd be if my neighbor was constantly watering their garden with the water that I pay for and stealing my electricity. Well, today, I went to Walmart to buy a few odds and ends and to do some last-minute Christmas shopping. I've been in the market for a new grill, so anytime I find myself at Lowe's or Walmart, I try to scope out any good deals. And today, I was able to find a deal. It was a $450 grill with a rollback price of $280. It's a nice pellet grill with smartphone temperature regulations and all the bells and whistles, and there was only one left. 
It was a floor model. As soon as I saw it, I rolled it on over to the register and cashed out. I proceeded to roll the pellet grill out to my truck. I have a small 2022 Ford Maverick. Those that are unfamiliar with that truck, it's a very small unibody truck. I wasn't able to fit the entire grill in my truck, so I got out a screwdriver to disassemble the table on the side of the grill to get it to fit. And this is where Karen comes in. So Karen approaches me as I'm disassembling the grill, and she says, Wow, is that one of the new pellet grills? Now, at this point, I was unaware of her intentions, so I stupidly say, yeah, it was actually the last one, and I got it on a rollback deal. At that, Karen says, well, it looks like you're not able to fit that in your truck. I say to her, yeah, not when it's fully assembled. I'll just have to pop out a few screws, and it'll slide right in. Karen then says to me, you know, my husband could really use a new grill like that. And you said you got it on rollback? So, just so you don't have to go through the hassle, I'll just give you $200 cash for it. It'll save you the embarrassment of trying to return it because you can't fit it in your car. At that I say, uh, ma'am, I paid $280 for the grill. I'm definitely not interested in selling it to you. Karen says, yeah, but $200 is such a good deal because you just damaged it. I watched you take off the handle. They probably won't even take it back from you. I tell her, well, no, it's not damaged. I took this part off so it would fit in my truck, but I'm not selling the grill to you. The woman tries to argue and says, but I just watched you break it, so $200 is a good deal. At this point, I just close my tailgate, and I sat down in the seat of my truck. Karen then proceeds to pull out $200 out of her wallet and basically throw it at me. She then went to the back of my truck, opened my tailgate, and tried taking the bungee cords off. At that point, I just get out of my truck, throw her money back at her, and told her that if she touches my truck again, I will be calling the police. The woman made one last statement as she staggered to pick up her money. She says to me, You know, this is the holiday season. I can't believe you're treating me like this. God would be extremely disappointed in you. I hope you have a lonely Christmas. With that, Karen then walks off and went inside Walmart. So first off, God would be extremely disappointed in you, Karen, for saying that to someone. And secondly, I think I would have just kept the money at that point and drove off. Officer, I have no idea why that woman would just throw $200 at me. She kept telling me to take it. It must have been the holiday spirit. I'm a man in my late 30s, and also a dermatologist. Recently, I decided to move out of my apartment to a place with more space especially a place that has a lawn so my dogs can have more space. I also spend a lot of my time in my clinic, and due to that, my two dogs spend a lot of time alone. With that being said, more space would definitely be advantageous for them. I searched for quite a while before I found a house that I liked that had a huge lawn and ended up buying it. It's in a very tiny neighborhood in my city and a quite calm one, which is always great. I moved to the house about a week ago and haven't had any real troubles at all. Everybody seems friendly enough. Last Friday, however, when I got home and went to the lawn to play with my dogs, a woman comes to knock on my door. The woman is one of the neighbors, and she's a part of the association. I'm not, and I have no plans of ever joining them, but they don't harm me, so it's fine. I went to answer the door to see what she needs. The woman was pretty nice at first, welcoming me to the neighborhood and all that. But afterwards, she said, and I quote, So, I know you're new, but we would like to ask you to keep your dogs inside of your house when you're out. My kids like to play on the house's lawns, and they're afraid of your dogs, so you need to put them inside when you're not home. 
Now for a moment, I didn't quite believe what I heard, and I asked her to repeat it, and she indulged me like this was a common occurrence. I told her flat out, no, the lawn is for dogs, your kids have no business going to my property, nor do you have any ground to make that demand. Hearing me say that, she didn't take it well. She told me she was going to contact the association and all other kinds of stuff, and I told her flat out that she could call the Pope for all I cared. That it was my property and my say in it stays. And oh boy, how wrong was I to say that. The woman left fuming, and apparently throughout the weekend, she starts spreading rumors about me to the neighbors. People who would smile at me or say good morning no longer even looked at my face. And honestly, I'm more pissed off than anything. But seeing this many people believing my actions were that of an a-hole, it makes me wonder if I'm not in the wrong. I mean, they're just kids. I could have let them play on the lawn. So am I the a-hole, and should I just let them do whatever they want? Yeah, so Opia's definitely not the a-hole at all. And the entitlement of certain parents never ceases to amaze me, guys. So my kids like to play on everyone's lawns, so you need to keep your dogs indoors because your dogs scare them. And guys, the crazy thing is, the people in this neighborhood actually allow this. Like I would have said to her, well Karen, how about you start paying my mortgage, and then I'll let your kids play on my lawn. Until then, my property, my rules. Like all I can say is if a random stranger knocks on my door and tries to get me to choose between letting their kids play in my yard or letting my dogs play in my yard, I'm choosing my dogs like a million percent of the time, guys. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so I grew up thinking that my mother had abandoned us. That's what my dad always told me. He told me my mom packed up and left us when I turned two years old. With that, I grew up to resent and hate my mom, mainly because I saw how my father was working super long hours to make ends meet. I also hated how my grandma basically had to raise me. When I would ask her about my mother, my grandma painted a picture of a bitter, spiteful, hateful, spoiled, entitled woman. I felt very justified in my anger and my hate for her. That's what my family told me, and I had absolutely no reason to doubt them. A few weeks ago, I found her on social media while at my boyfriend's house, and I was so effing mad. I found my mother out there living her best life. She's like a cook or something in a Michelin star restaurant. She travels, has a huge apartment, and apparently is married to a gorgeous man. Her life is really good. So in a fit of rage, I DM'd her, cursing her out for leaving me to live her frivolous life and that karma would come get her. Now she obviously saw it, and instead of going off on me, she just asked me to meet her, 
and that she felt like I had the right to express my anger to her in person, and that she owed me as much. With her saying that, I was starstruck, because my father said she never stood for the consequences of her actions. Without telling anyone, I agreed. My mother invited me to this amazing restaurant. She paid an Uber for me and everything. It was very awkward at the beginning. I just kept berating her because I was so angry. I then cried a little. The whole time, she just sat there and took it all in. I then asked her why she abandoned me. She then asked, do you really want to know the whole story? It's not nice and you won't like it. I'm ready to be the bad guy in your head forever and keep my distance. I just kept pressing her and then she told me the real story. She told me that my father and her met shortly before ending university. At that time, my mom said she didn't want to stay in the university town. A few months after dating, my father told her that his landlord was evicting him because the apartment was needed for immediate family use. She offered him to stay while he found something else. Months passed and he wasn't doing anything and then she got a job offer in another country. She then told my father that he could take over her apartment or come with her. They then had this huge fight where my mother told him that she wasn't ready for the type of commitment that he wanted. She wanted different things in life than him and as much as she loved him, they weren't compatible. They stayed living together, and one day, she found out that she was pregnant. She told me honestly that she was thinking of not having me. She wasn't ready to be a mom at 22. She didn't have maternal feelings, and she was already struggling with depression and late-diagnosed ADHD. Despite that, my father convinced her to have me. He said he would take me because he had a right to me. That he would go after her because that baby was also his. So she had me. She said that the time after birth was really bad. My father was dragging out the legal procedures and he refused to vacate the home. My mother said that while she felt love for me and there were moments where she felt overjoyed, it was often overshadowed by huge waves of her wanting to end her life. She was scared that she was going to hurt me. She also showed me some of the court documents of that time that backed up her claims. In the end, she was so desperate that she agreed to stay with my father if he agreed to be the main caretaker. Of course, he said what he needed to say to keep her around, but he only did it half-assed. My mother then told me that it got so bad that she tried taking her life around my second birthday. After a particularly nasty fight where my father admitted to having tampered with her birth control, she showed me the papers of the involuntary 72-hour commitment and the legal documents where she was found unfit to be a parent afterward. I felt so nauseous after that, and I wouldn't have believed her if she hadn't brought so much evidence with her. She then asked me what I meant in my message that we were struggling. I told her that we weren't exactly rich, and that I was struggling to come up with money to go to university in another city. At that, my mom was bewildered, and she asked me what my father had been doing with the monthly payments she was making. She told me she was ordered by the courts to pay monthly child support. I told her that we don't receive that money. And this was the point that left me speechless. My mother then took out another stack of papers, and guys, she was and is sending child support every month. She's court-mandated to pay me $1,500 every month, and she doubled the payments out of her own will to $3,000 per month. She was very concerned about this and told me that she would talk to her lawyers as soon as possible to transfer the money to me directly. In the end, she apologized to me. She said she was very sorry to put me through all this. She was also very sorry for not being stronger and that she's very sorry for letting me grow up the way I did. She was crying and I was crying. She then told me to take my time, that she would contact me again regarding the payments and it was up to me if I wanted to see her again. She apologized that she couldn't be the mom that I wanted 
but the least she could do is to help me with anything I need. I hugged her, I cried, she cried, and I boxed up my food and she got me another Uber home. At home, my father was not there, so I went straight to bed and left early the next morning, and I'm staying with my boyfriend. My whole life is a lie. Ugh, reading this post made me so upset, guys. It sounds to me like the dad's been out there spending child support and pretending to work, while grandma did her best to manipulate OP. And seriously, I can't help but to wonder where the heck the money was going, because it wasn't being spent on OP. So OP does come back with a few updates though, guys, and here they are. I also found court records of my father being charged with physically assaulting my mother on more than one occasion. So after staying a while with my boyfriend, I decided to go home for a while because I just wanted to get my legal documents and all that. My father came back home and we talked for a bit. I asked him, so by the way, did my mother ever send you child support for me? At that, my father just scoffed theatrically. And he goes on this rant about how courts are always accessible to the mother, and how they told him that he couldn't expect anything from her, and so on. He then told me a whole story of him begging her for money, when he didn't have enough money for my school supplies, and she turned him down. He then kept talking, saying how hard it was, that he wished that he could have gone after her and more, but that the courts were not in his favor. He told me how even now, we were barely able to go paycheck to paycheck. His rant was surreal. Now I know this is a lie. My mother kept itemized records of all her money wires to my father, every month since she had a job. Meaning for over 15 years, she sent my father money. In the beginning, she sent him $400, then $600, then $1,000, and eventually $3,000. After he left to God knows where, I went snooping through his room, where I found a stack of cash in his sock drawer. It was $5,000 crammed into the back of his drawer. Things are getting worse. I feel so weird. I can't describe the ick. I have all my documents and wrote my mother, so maybe we could meet again. Next update. Until posting here, I never realized that my relationship with my father wasn't normal. Here's a bit of an explanation. So my father made me his accountant from a very young age. I had to keep track of expenses, etc. And so many times, I was having panic attacks because we wouldn't make it to the end of the month with the money in the account. And so many times, my father would berate me if I ever asked to go to the cinema because we couldn't afford it. When he would allow me to go out, it was always attached to an endless list of requirements that were absurd. Again, let's take example of the cinema. I would ask him a week prior, and he'd say yes, but I would need to clean the house, drive grandma to the doctor, pick up XY, cook and leave some dinner ready for him, and many more. If I didn't complete one single detail, he would pick a fight with me, making me feel guilty, and thus staying home. My father would also constantly make me feel worthless, saying that I wouldn't survive university, that I wasn't talented to do this, and that I wasn't good enough to do that. He was also extremely reactive. One time in the car, I teased him that I would be cheering for the other soccer team tonight, and he kicked me out of the car, making me walk home alone. There are so many more examples, and I thought it was merely my fault or and that other dads were also like this, but suffice to say, it's not normal. I did in fact contact my mother after finding this out. I confronted her with the newfound information, and she told me the court actually went pretty hard on her. About a year after that, my mom attempted to establish visitation with me. She reached out to my father, who invited her over. He told her that she could be in my life if she agreed to be together with him again. My mother told him no, and that's when a fight ensued. And that was the night he assaulted her. He assaulted her so badly that she wound up in the hospital. 
In the hospital seeing her wounds, they had to report it, so he was sentenced to a year, but only served three months in prison. At that time, custody of me was with my grandmother. My father resumed custody of me at the time of being released. I was able to corroborate all of this after reaching out to my aunt, who's not spoken to our family in 10 years. My aunt Mia basically documented my mother's abuse. She took pictures of her bruises and recordings of my father screaming and threatening her. She told me that she testified against my father in court, and that she could back up everything my mother said because he was the same to her. I insisted on seeing the pictures and the recordings, and my aunt was resistant to this. But a part of me did not want to accept that this was reality, so yeah, my father is a monster. I told my mother about everything, monetarily, that I found out. She said that legally, there wasn't much we could do. But she spoke with her lawyer, and seeing as I'm 18 years old, she started the motion to start transferring me my child support money. She said that for the time being, she would give me $1,500 monthly, while she still had to pay my dad the money. As soon as the process is greenlit, I'm gonna get it all. She also agreed to pay for the deposit and the first month's rent of an apartment in my university town, so I could be as independent as possible. We decided that confronting my father was not a good idea for either of us. I've also talked to my boyfriend and his parents. They now know everything and support me 100%. My mother and his parents are sending us for two weeks to a nearby country where they have a summer house. I told my father about the plans and he says as long as his parents were paying that it was alright. He did tell me that I had to help him with a million things before leaving again. So I'm already seeing a fight on the horizon. I've managed to get all my important documents and open a bank account thanks to my aunt's help. So on Thursday, I'm officially leaving for two weeks, and I pray things get resolved beforehand. I'm also taking all the important stuff with me in case things go south fast. Anyways, it's been an extremely difficult time, and I feel overwhelmed with this all. I'll update when I feel it's right, and when I feel I can do it. Without you guys, I would have never noticed that I'd also been abused. And there's most likely more to this story. So thank you so much for all the support and advice. So yeah, OP ends it there, but what a crazy post, guys. And I'm so curious as to how this will end. And I have like a million questions. I feel like the dad's gonna get super crazy. Just finding out that OP knows the truth about him after all these years. And the fact that they're in contact with mom now. Yikes. Like my head is spinning trying to process everything I just read, guys. And my heart does go out to OP. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people, though, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. It's an r slash I don't work here lady. Where OP refuses to obey a Karen's orders and she calls her big bad husband to come fight him. It's such a ridiculous story, so go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.